right, Sadi, good morning to you. It's qu- yeah, good morning <laughs> to you. Quite early. <laughs> it's quite early on a Saturday. Um, this is way too early to be up doing a podcast, but we've done it. And unfortunately, Mank is what, second dose COVID. Uh, COVID vaccine. Yeah, second dose. You know how yeah. it is. Uh, you know I actually it don't, is, yeah. but... Sore arm, fever. Yeah, I actually don't know <laughs> yeah neither, neither. Yeah, we yet. don't know how it is, but we'll see. But he can't be with us right now. No. Um, so it's just me yes. and you. Man, that sounds so sad. <laughs> it it is so, so sad. sad. Like, he, he, he can't be with us yeah. right now. For this like, amazing book review, uh, book review number two, <laughs> The Resilience Project. <laughs> Let's go. Um, so yeah, I, I, I got this book, um, pretty much heard it from a friend on social media. And yeah, listened to the book in a few days. Loved it. And yeah, just used my free Audible trial. That's what it was. <laughs> Your free, free token. token. And as you know, I, I always um, recommend any book I get through to everyone. And yeah, yeah I think it took a while for you to, to actually listen to it, but you got there in the end. Yeah, yeah, I was just waiting for my debit card to arrive <laughs> so I can use my new card. <laughs> so wait, new, new debit card, new email, a new Audible account. That's yeah. what it is, right? Yeah, you know how, how it is. How many yeah, years exactly. have you been using Audible now? <laughs> uh, it's been about a good two, two years. years. <laughs> what, like 24 books now, mate. You'll live in the dream. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you've, you've done a couple now. Mate, I, I haven't done 24. I've done yeah, maybe 23. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, easy hacks. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, when I first heard about this book, I, I honestly thought, you know, the words resilience, gratitude, empathy, mindfulness, it feels mm. a bit like a self-help book. And, you know, I've mm. been there before. So I was like, what's, what's, it, what's, what's this book going to be about? But um, yeah, I actually loved it. One of my favorites when I actually heard the story. And I think that's like my favorite part about the book. Because um, mm. yeah, it's, it's a really engaging, capturing story. Um, and yeah, I guess we should probably give our, our audience a bit of an overview of what it's about <laughs> before we... Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yeah, so those, those that haven't heard about the book... Um, so Hugh Van Kylenberg or Seilenberg, um, however you say that yeah. last name. Uh, I can't even say my own last name either. <laughs> so it's like there's, there's two of us yeah. here. Um, so he he um, he was a teacher who went to India and volunteered up in a, a village called Thixe, which is a Himalayan desert community, yep. uh, desert community. Um, and he went with his ex-partner. And I think what, what was meant to become just a, a trip to you know extend his career teaching and, and sort of getting some paid roles and stuff actually turned into a volunteering yeah. trip um, through a bit of persuasion from his um, back then partner. Um, and <clears throat> I think I think the biggest theme or biggest part of the story is what was meant to become a two, three-week story um, or two, three-week trip became a three-month trip. So um, Hugh talks about um, all these incredible people that he met while he was teaching. And the biggest takeaway for him is, um, you know, these kids probably have next to nothing. You know, there's um, low quality water. It's a low socioeconomic area. Um, they don't come from the wealthiest of families, yet they have such incredible resilience, um, such incredible gratitude for the world. Um, and they were just really happy. And I think for him, he sort of took notes on that and was like, hang on a second. Like, you know, I'm from Australia. Mm. Um, we've got basically everything we've got um you know phones laptops roof over our head good food um you know good quality of living except you know we're we're battling so much with um depression and anxiety and i think that was the seed in him where he sort of wanted to explore it a bit further like you know what is it these kids do on a day-to-day basis that make him so happy um and so he draws on experiences um you know there's a kid called stanson who was a really influential um and we'll talk on that in a second but a really influential kid in in the story and, and how he took you know a lot of lessons away from that interaction with Stanson. Um, and, um, 
yeah, I guess we'll probably touch on those bits. But I think the the one big thing is um, Hugh has actually experienced um, mental health illness close to his family growing up. He talks about um, growing up as a young kid, um, quite a happy family. But, um, you know, when he was 16 and, and his sister Georgia was 14, she had um, got herself diagnosed with anorexia nervosa, which is um, a mental health illness. And, um, yeah, just really grappling um stories and experiences that he shares at the start of the book um and maybe we maybe we should start this off from the start of the book i think um you know you and i were talking about it earlier like the start of the book is it really captures you it does like it's very raw yeah and it it can be a bit confronting i remember when someone i recommended the book to actually said they stopped at the first chapter and they had to take a break because Yeah, I don't want to ruin the story too much for our listeners, but he goes quite quite deep into his personal life as a family and it, it sets the scene because you can see how mental health or ment- uh, mental illness has impacted his family and his life. Um, and that, that's what has kind of driven him to become a teacher and then that's what's driven him to then pursue his research and, and his mission to drive what later becomes known as the Resilience Project, which is essentially just trying to figure out what makes us thrive um, and how mm. how he can share the message with schools all, all around Australia. Um, essentially, what is just emotional like literacy, helping kids just be mm. more aware of their emotions and be more mm. resilient. Um, but yeah, like what I really liked about the way he starts the book is just the storytelling ability. Like you, you listen to mm. that and you're like, this book's different. It's not something I've heard before, right? <laughs> it's not like a self-help mm. book or it's not like just a guide on how to live my life. I thought I I really like that. Yeah. Like um, as we were talking earlier, like it's a really short, punchy book. Yeah. Um, probably under five hours, I think, like four and a half to five yeah, hours. So um, either um, yeah, either you listen to it quick or you go on a really long walk. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I did. I went on. I just went on a long yeah, walk. Same. Long uh, walk. I think I, yeah, yeah, two or three walks, and um, you're kind of through the whole entire story. And uh, best part about listening to Audible, I don't know about you or Joel, but I sort of lose track of my walking when I'm listening to a story. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, like I think I think he does really well in terms of storytelling. One of the one of the aspects, um, you know, like we talk a lot about like those things around gem, yeah. gratitude, empathy and mindfulness. And um, it's pretty funny because both of us have heard him speak live yeah. as well. Um, he's done his live talks. And, um, yeah, he talks about like how at the start when he was starting this whole entire journey, um, he knew it was going to be gratitude, empathy and mindfulness. But he actually didn't know the term gem early on. Um, and what actually happened is he talks about stories about, you know, uh, walking down the street and someone just sort of yelling out to him like, yeah, I'm doing my gem. And he's just like, what the heck are you on about? Uh, and it took a couple of years for him to sort of realize that, okay, hang on a second. It's like, I don't know. It's very, very flow on word gem. Um, so I thought that was quite interesting. Anyways, that's a, that's a side topic. (laughs) Uh, Um, but yeah, I think, I think his storytelling ability, especially at the start, um, one of the stories that really got me was his story about Georgia, his sister. Yeah. And um, he talks a lot about, I think, um, the way he acted as a child. He, you know, as we all are growing up as children, you don't really know what's kind of going on. Like you can sense that something is wrong, mm. but you can't really put words to to what's going on. And, yeah. um, you know, he talks, you know, it really paints a picture of like, you know, a kid that just didn't know any better. Um, mm. And as he grows up, um, as he becomes a lot more mature, um, he realizes that his sister actually had a very serious and potentially um, deadly mental health illness. Yeah. Um, there's a story he talks about where they were in the hospital and um, the doctor actually had told them to go back home. And 
Hugh and his family like were very confused as to why. And basically mm. the doctor said, um, we told your sister, Georgia, that the family can come back again when, when you've put on a bit more weight. And Hugh was like, hang on a second, like, um, you know, how much weight does she have to put back on? And the doctor replies back saying, um, we've told um, your sister when she's up to 31 kilos or gets up to 31 kilos. Mm. Um, and this is for someone that's relatively tall, apparently. Mm. Um, when she gets up to 31 kilos, then um, you guys can come back. And I think that's kind of what was a very pivotal moment for Hugh and his family. Um, so, yeah, um, yeah I, think, I think just the ability to share that story, like that, that really captured me. And I, th- I know you, you had that story around Stanzen, um, that you really liked. Yeah, um, 100%, man. Because like, he, when he speaks now at schools and towards the end of the story, you see that, you know, the key seeds that planted this journey were either his sister, mm. George's, that, that part of his life, that was the start. And then the turning point, as we kind of touched on at the start, when he goes to India and there's one kid in particular called Stanzen that he, he particularly mm. loves. And that's what drives him to make... I love that name. Yeah, Stanzen. it's a good name, isn't it? <laughs> it's got a nice ring to it. Kind of makes me yeah. question, did he just pick this kid for the name? No, 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 I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, no, the, the kid, um, Stanzen was, he really like reflected the principles of Jem. Um, mm. he, he, he had particularly empathy. I think that was the focus, that he was so kind mm. and considerate for his peers, for Hugh as well. And even with, with, with what he had, he was just so happy. And Hugh just mm. has to just contrast this with, you know, the, the plague of depression and anxiety he's seeing amongst the youth as a teacher um, in Australia. And when he reflects on what, what does Stanzen have that, other, that people in mm. Australia don't, he nails mm. it down to the three things. Um, and it, it's clear to him at that point, but he's like, I can't just go around saying this to people because who's <laughs> going to believe me? Um, and then yes. over the next few years, he, do, he did a lot of research um, and he started doing presentations and he built what, was, what is now called the Resilience Project which mm. is which is just his 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 way to share the the stories of his life mm. and back it up with the research and that's what i love about the book is that it's it's mm. a good mix of research as well um and mm. he he refers to the term positive psychology um which which is really interesting but he breaks it down in a very simple way it's not like he doesn't go into like all these random studies and you kind of zone out it's like <laughs> he he breaks it down into stuff like i remember one thing he said was like research shows you know the the three things that can change our mood like instantaneously to more mm. to being more positive is like listening to music a sense of humor or like mm. exercise and i was like wow like you know something like that just sticks with a lot of people mm. um so yeah there's there's a balance between his story and and the research and it, mm. it, it gives credibility to what he's saying and it makes you like kind of remember it because I don't know about you, but I tend to forget a lot of stuff I read. <laughs> it goes one ear and out the other. Um, but for whatever reason, like, yeah, I have listened to this more than once. But even the first time mm-hmm. I took a lot out of it just because it's very simple and it's very easy to digest. Um, mm. But yeah, that, that that's what I love. Completely agree. Yeah, that's the strength of the book, I think. The storytelling and like the research combined. And Yeah. Is there anything else and, that you thought? Yeah. Was, like, yeah. He package he packages like positive psychology. I know you're you're quite big into this space, but he packages positive psychology really, really well mm. in the book. And I think, you know, exactly the same as you. Like you can tell ten different like, you know, I don't know, Hugh Van Kyleberg et al. Like, you know, there might be like fifteen different reports and he could have written every single report, but reports this and research just goes in one ear and out the other. Yeah. And I think what he does really well is like he talks a little bit about the research and then he draws on some of the stories that he had yeah. um, in India and just, you know, 
also like I guess when he comes back and he starts delivering programs, mm. you know, to sporting clubs and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, I, I do feel like there's a good element of practicality as well, mm. um, especially near the end of the book where he's like, look, I've been talking about these principles and I've been sharing stories on these mm. principles a lot. These are these are ways you can actually implement this in your day to day life. So um, it's not just a book that sort of preaches, um, yeah. you know, do this, do this, do this. It's actually like, hang on a second. This is what I've learned from my journey. This is what I've taken away from my story. Um, and the people that I've met, and this is how you can bring it into your own life as well, because it's you know helped me through a lot of adversity and mm. um, given me a lot of hope. So, um, yeah, I mean, like for you, Ujwal, like <clears throat> if we reflect on those elements of like gratitude, empathy, mindfulness, has there been something you know one out of the three that have like that has like sort of stood out to you, um, yeah. or something that you've really taken on board? Yeah, hundred percent. Like I've definitely struggled with like meditation, um, empathy. I think is maybe one probably the hardest one to actually practice but mm. gratitude he makes very actionable i think he talks about the three things to to do to write down at the end of the day and why why they went well um and you mm. know he has he's kind of made a whole thing of the resilience project journals and like all these famous people filled out the journals such as like dustin martin i was like there must be something <laughs> here so I, i've done that i've done that um or i've tried to do that um a lot. I, 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 to be honest, I've struggled with writing it down consistently day after day. But, you know, sometimes mm. when I'm really feeling it, I'll write down three things. For example, yesterday I actually did that. I was like, you know what, mm. I'm going to write it down just because I feel like I need to. And every now and then I do that. But a lot of the time in the in the day, I might, you know, pause and try to point at three things that went really well. And mm. it's not as easy as it sounds. Sometimes, like Mahank was saying, he did this the other day <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I stayed hydrated. <laughs> um, but that's not the point the point is that it helps you if you keep doing it mm. and Hugh says this you start to automatically scan out for the positives rather than focus mm. on the negatives um, so yeah really interesting. gratitude was the one that stood, um, stood out for me um, mm. what about you for you did you try journaling yeah. or anything Nah, so I've actually, I'm, I'm really big into like meditation and mindfulness yeah, but yeah. I think the biggest thing for me was the peace around gratitude and I think to be completely honest, like, I don't think I've, like, nailed this at mm. all. Um, I think he definitely says, like, around gratitude. And gratitude is where you sort of focus on what you have right now. Um, you don't think about, like, what if, you know, what if I had this or what if I had that? It's mm. very much um, what do I have now that, you know, I'm grateful about. Yeah. Um, and I think <clears throat> I, for me, I, 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 like, for me, my mind is always like, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? Mm. And I still think, like, to be completely honest for those listening, like, I think I'm still very much that. Like, it's very hard to, like, go back on that. But mm. I think what COVID has taught me, and I think just having a lot more time to myself, like, working from home, um, sort of getting out for walks and, and things like that is... Um, I got to stop focusing on, on what if, what if this happens or if mm. this happens or if this happens. And I think, you know, right now you and I are having this conversation. I'm loving it. Mm. Um, I'm enjoying it. Um, the conversations both of us have when we're chatting to guests, like just being completely like in the moment, just having that yeah. conversation that someone has donated their time to come on board and share their story. Like I'm starting to feel a lot of gratitude in, in those examples. And I think, um, yeah, I, I think we we hear about it so much that it almost becomes like, desensitized like i'll be be grateful or be resilient or yeah. um you know build empathy and i think to your point earlier it's just like you know we've heard these terms before but you know what do they actually mean so um yeah i think for me gratitude has been a big thing like it's actually like what became just a lingering thought at the back of my head has now become something that okay i think i need to start practicing this because there's no if like you know we're not guaranteed anything at the end of the day 
Um, so just be really grateful for what you're getting at the moment and, and who you're around. So, um, yeah, I think one, one other thing, like as well as, as much as we're talking about Jim, I think the big thing I took away from his story is this piece around connection. Um, and all these different people um, that he's met in India and, and throughout his life that he's just connected with. Um, and I think even though it doesn't get spelt out in GEM itself, but uh, it's been something I took away. I'm like, wow, like this guy found a lot of happiness and a lot of hope through just connecting with a lot of random people um, mm. along his journey. So um, <clears throat> you and I actually, I know you've gone to India and, and you've sort of volunteered as well, which sort of makes this one kind of unique. But um when you reflect on your time, I guess, in India volunteering, how did you find that? Like some of the things, I guess, that Hugh was sharing in his story, did you feel that um, you had felt the same when you were um, over there? Like, wow, these these people don't have so much, but hang on a second. Like there's something so like awesome about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I've had a few experiences and I've actually, funny enough, I've actually been to the exact same, not exact, very similar region to where Hugh's been uh, to. Yes. Um, and that's why I really like resonated with the book because I love that part of India. It's probably my favorite place, one of my favorite places in the world. Um, just because, yeah, like the, the values that sort of area reflects with the people. And I completely agree um, with, with, what, with what he's kind of taken out of it. But at the same time, I've also had other volunteering experiences in India um, where it's probably not so much related to, to, to his case because he was, he was maybe a teacher, but like... A lot of people kind of it becomes like volunteerism if you know what I mean, mm. um, where you're you're going there and you're like almost trying to find yourself and in that process you're just like contrasting your experiences to to people in a completely mm. different like place to you, um, and I I think that's a different can of worms but yeah Do you, have you you've you volunteered as well in, in India yeah. Yeah, I feel like this This is like one area that I've sort of grappled with. I yeah. think when I read the book, I was like, I love the book. And yeah. I think I still really do love the book. But when I walk away from the book, like one thing that sort of stood out was sort of how, um, yeah, I guess that idea of volunteerism. And I, I don't think Hugh does this in his book so much, but I think it's just like this concept that has come to me, um, this idea that, um, you know, using a, um, a poor kid to leverage um, our perception of like how good things actually are um, or, or leveraging um, a story of someone who's not doing so well and being like, hang on a second, we've got a lot of things going well for us because look, these kids don't have so much going mm. for them. Um, mm. And I think, um, yeah, I think like our sense of happiness shouldn't really be reliant on those that, you know, yeah. are perceived to have um, less than us. I think that's that's sort of one thing I've really grappled with. It's almost like, you know, be, uh, the most practical way I can think of it is like how Johnny Starr had sort of talked about it before. Like, you know, we shouldn't say, um, you know, don't throw away your food. There's a homeless person that's just down the road. It's like, you know, you shouldn't just throw, your, don't throw your food mm. because that's not the right thing to do. Right. Um, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. you shouldn't, you shouldn't draw that comparison on. So, um, yeah, like I, I, I think I'm just becoming a lot more cognizant and I think, um, I can only speak for myself, maybe you as well, but I've definitely taken part in like volunteerism, like yeah. gone out and helped out. And um, so I, I can't be the person to be critical about it, but um, it's just one thing that I took away from it. I'm like, you know, our, our happiness shouldn't be reliant on, you yeah. know, making a comparison to someone else. So, 100%. Um, yeah, the yeah. thing I like about Hugh's story though is he, when he paints this picture, he doesn't say, like, yes, the playground, like, for example, is, like, broken and it doesn't compare to a, pl a playground you see at a, at a nice Melbourne school. <laughs> but he doesn't, 
he doesn't try to make us feel bad for them. He just shows oh, these absolutely. guys, these guys are actually really genuinely happy mm. and they, they love their life. Um, but I, I, there's one thing that you mentioned um, earlier about connection and like, mm. like genuine human connection. Hugh talks about um, this a lot. And I wanted to, to get your thoughts on this because it's very relevant to, to where we are right now with this pandemic mm. and what, how many days of lockdown, like 200 days. <laughs> so the, the, like Hugh talks a lot about actual face-to-face connections and building genuine relationships. And he, he shares a lot of intense stories later on. This mm. is not Georgia, like with during the cricket club about people who yeah. he didn't connect with and there was repercussions later on and he wished he had checked in. Um, he talks a lot about social media as well. And there's mm. a specific story, um, and I heard this today, so I remember it. I'm not, <laughs> I didn't remember it before, but... <laughs> bit of prep before the podcast. Yeah, a bit, bit of prep before the podcast. Um, he, he talks about how social media, you know, manipulates us. You know, people have heard this story before mm. that, you know, they're, they're, it's like the attention economy, like these companies like Netflix, Facebook, Instagram, are, mm. they're, they're, they're out to get us. You know what I mean? <laughs> they're, they're out like to get sharks, us. sharks in the ocean. Yeah. That are just... <laughs> and and he, he, he talks about how he, he started like putting his phone apps in different folders and getting rid of notifications. And he went to a bar one day and you know, when you're like having dinner or like with mates and then they go to the bathroom or they go to get, and then the first mm. thing you do is get your phone out. Oh, let me yeah. check my messenger or let me check my Instagram yeah. feed. It's like he, he did that and he had no phone in his pocket because he started leaving his phone mm. at home. And then he was like, what do uh, I do I now? That. <laughs> and then um, he, he starts talking to the bartender um, and the bartender like opens up to him and right. he's like, talking about how he's going through a really difficult time and i was like man like i don't know if this is made up or not but like it seems <laughs> legit and, yeah. and it just shows that like you know if we start going out without our phones and if we start you know being less reliant on our on our phone to actually feel like we're doing something we'll pay more attention to people around us and mm. try to build connections at the same time we're in lockdown right now it's so tough to do that mm. like I, I i struggle with this every day how do i stay connected with people and try to, you know, live by a lot of the principles that Jem teaches us, which is, you know, mm. stay away from your phone and be content in the moment. Mm. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I, yeah, it's, it's interesting because, like, I, I would like in an ideal world to be less reliant on my phone and, like, not be checking Messenger or not be checking Instagram and stuff, but there's just something about these apps that just draw us back in. And yeah. I, I don't know what it is, like... Any, like, I would prefer anything to go up, like my share price to go up, my stock portfolio to go up, but (laughs) not my, (laughs) not my time on my phone. So, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, like I, yeah, I don't know. Like, um, I feel like now in, in the time that we're in, it's, I think we realize that connection is really what keeps us going as human beings without connection, you've got isolation and with isolation, you know, there's a lot of things that can sort of go on when you're in your thoughts like that. So um, don't get me wrong. I think it's good to be isolated and, and sort of work through your thoughts and, and spend time by yourself because you don't always want to have stimulus around you. But yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, like you see so many people that are just hanging around a park and like, um, you know, especially with like lockdown, you know, the sun's mm. out, um, everyone just hanging out to the park. Um, you're walking past people. Um, one thing I've, uh, I can't really say I've been doing it, but I probably do it more than I, compared to zero, compared to zero times doing yeah. it. I'm now like, at least when I'm walking past someone, like nodding my head sometimes and saying, hey. Yeah, I love um, that. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm, I would say I'm probably a shy person. So it's not something like I would always do to go out of my way and be like, hey, like what's cracking, mate? Um, but yeah. I, I, I usually, I usually feel great. <laughs> I usually just feel, I, I feel good sometimes just dropping like a, hey, how are you? And like nodding your head. 
it's like quick yeah. like two seconds um yeah i don't know it, it sometimes just feels good doing it so obviously the other guy needs to make or the other guy or girl needs to make eye contact to you yeah, like yeah. you know you don't just like someone's looking at the ground like hey mate how you doing and it's yeah, like yeah, piss yeah. off <laughs> just like a like the subtle smile you you, you kind of make yeah. when you're on the trail yeah, yeah I, I love smile that. Not Sound subtle, like, as, no, no, as in like... Good job, mate. Oh, mate. Oh. All right, maybe we should just end this here now. That's not what I meant. <laughs> like, um, but no, that was that was great. I think we've covered a lot in this, man. Like, yeah. we've talked about what we liked, a, a bit of criticism, some anecdotes. I, like, hopefully, hopefully our audience has gained something through the book. Maybe yeah. we need to give a spoiler alert because I think we, we've given a lot of details. Yeah. Um, no. Nah. I completely agree. I wonder, I wonder, like, a, a just to finish off, like, I wonder if people are going up to here and saying, you know, like, you know, obviously during a time like COVID, you know, you're told to be resilient, like push through, yeah. push through, push through. It's almost like a mm. weird dichotomy that exists. Like, be be resilient. Like, we're going through a tough time. Be resilient. Like, you know, you can only get that message so much. So mm. I think, I think, I think key takeaway from the book, very much is life is full of up and downs. And these yeah. are some tools that you can use just to make things a little bit better and like, Sort of re, it's almost like a rewiring of your brain to see yeah. the positives. So, yeah, yeah definitely, definitely a spoiler alert there. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we've given too much away, but hopefully, you guys have gained some some insight. And yeah, check out the book, check out the website, and I'm sure like there's plenty of chances to see who speak wherever as well. So mm. yeah, um, I think well, I, I think we've taken up enough time. So <laughs> yeah. we, you know how we end this, mate. Even though oh, yeah. Max's idea, we got to yeah. end with the classic, you know. <laughs> Um, the way so I'm, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna kick it off so this is Ujra signing off <laughs> and this is Sunny signing off boom <laughs> boom <laughs> alright <laughs>